Take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. I just, I want to open up and be real. If I I have a struggle, if I get to a question, I'm not the type of pastor that's going to sit there and say, I've never struggled with that. Um, I I know for some of you are just like, well, I'd like to believe that pastors have it all figured out. I'm going to tell you, pastors don't have it all figured out. We just know the one that does have it all figured out. And uh, we seek him and we just go to him. And um, I was, you know, going through this and I know the principle of praying. I know what it means to pray. I just, I grew up praying. If you've been in church, Christianity at all, you know what it means to pray. Just go to God and talk to him. It's like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Go to God and I'm talking to him. And and I'm, you know, I've been in church my whole life and I'm praying and saying, God, I want you to do a miracle in my life, and I want you to do a miracle in Logan's life, and I want you to touch my son and heal him, and, and Lord, I, I, I'm asking for all these things. And then, then the, the reality hit me of, you know, and just, just being honest, just like, is, is that God's will? And I'm like, I need to be praying for God's will to be done, and not just my will. So I go back to God, and I'm praying, and I said, Lord, it, it, if it be your will, heal my son. And I thought, well, if it's not his will, does that mean he's not going to heal my son? I'm like, okay, might be, it might not be God's will to heal my son. So I'm like, Lord, I need you to, I, I'm praying for your, I don't know if I want to pray for God's will then. Just being real. I'm like, if, if it is the will of God to take it, I'm praying that. And then it's like, I'm praying over here, heal him, save him, do a miracle, whatever. And God's over here saying, you also need to pray for my will. And I'm like, God, I don't know what that is. Well, pray for it. And then you think you know the reality. It might not be the will for, for God to save him. Then it's like, well, I don't know. These are like conflicting things. It's like, pray him or, or you know, save him or don't save him. I don't, you know, does, it, does that make sense to anybody in here? Am I the only one that like, and I'm like, ah, like frustrated. And to be honest, some ways that gets in your mind and you, I, I've almost found myself like backing off and praying. It's just like, like I, I don't, I, I'm afraid to like ask for his will, but I know I should be confident in the will of God. And, and it just, and I know this, Satan messes with our minds. There's spiritual warfare that goes on. He makes us question things. He makes us, you know, you know question God in prayer and the power of prayer. Need love for anything more to get in my head and make me think, man, there's danger in praying or it's scary to pray in that way and stuff. So I, I just started asking God. I said, God, I don't know. I don't really know how to pray for this because I don't want to, I don't want to apathetically pray for the will of God by like, Lord, I want you to heal my son and, and, and your will be done. You know, it's like, <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't want to blurt that out. I don't want to, like, boldness. I believe that you can do that if, if it doesn't line up. And so I struggle with this. So on this journey, I just began to do what I know to do as a Christian. I began to just ask God, I don't want to be afraid of the will of God. Because there's, I, I run to the Father. Man, I, I cast my care upon Him. Do you know why I cast my care? Does anybody know why I cast my care upon Him? Because He cares for me. Do you know that I can boldly come before the throne of grace because I'll find grace in the time of my need? And and I started thinking, I don't know what the outcome will be from this. I don't know what the will of God will be from the outcome of this. But I do know what the will of God is for me right now. 
And that is to ask and seek and knock and pray and believe and all this. And sometimes we get wrapped up praying or not understanding certain things. And I get my mind wrapped up around what I don't know when I should be focusing around what I do know. So let me take you on the journey with this. Here's some of the things that I do know. And the more I got into this, the more God began to make things come alive in my heart and mind. Here's what I do know. God desires for us to come to him with confidence. I know, I know that. I know this, that God desires to do great things through us. I know this. I, I have, I've used a lot of these verses as I'm posting when the Bible says, and I'm thinking about this in my prayers. He, he says, he says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. I'm looking at that verse thinking, I want that. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things that thou knowest not. I'm like, there's a lot of things, but I know this. God's called me and got the will of God for my life right now is to call unto God and he'll show me great mighty things. Here's another one that we love and another one that I've been sharing like crazy. I love this one, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. I mean, I love those words, exceedingly. Man, far beyond what you can imagine, abundantly, above all that you ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Man, it's so powerful. And I'm, I'm looking at it, I was like, man, I know that that's, what, that that's what God wants to do. Do you ever wonder why God says he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think? Well, it's the next verse explains this to us. In the next verse, he says, unto him be glory in the church. He says unto him, you know what God wants us? God wants us to do and ask for great things that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think so that we can experience God doing that, that the people of God begin to point to God and saying, now unto him be the glory. Let me tell you what God has done. Let me show you how God has showed up. Be him be the glory by Christ throughout all the ages. So don't tell me that God can't do great things today. You know why? He said he'd do it through all the ages world without end. Amen. So they sit there and say, well, I know what God did in the Old Testament, but that's Old Testament. He's the same God of the Old Testament. He is in the New Testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what I know about God. He desires to do these things. But what are we missing? What are we missing? If I was to sit there and say, have we experienced God doing exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think? wonder how many of us would sit there and say, I, I mean, I mean, a revival and a outpouring of the Spirit of God and a move of God. And we hear the stories about, you know, Billy Graham crusades and the revivals and D.L. Moody and all these things. And some of you, are, maybe even with some of those names, are like, who? What? And I think the further we get away from that, the next generation scratching their heads saying, I've heard about that somewhere. But I, I just, you know, the, the stories of God doing miraculous things in our generation is, is kind of almost like a myth. It, it's, it's stories, but we've not experienced it. I'm asking God through this course of this, and I'm saying, God, if you promise to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, to, to envy the glory in the church and all this, what is, the, what is the key that we're missing of this? Let's read this verse again. This is gonna, I'm needing audience participation, Okay. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we what? Ask. Ask. God's saying, oh, by the way, I, I want you to ask me. 
So here's what I've learned. Sometimes in our prayer life, our prayer life can be as simple as this. And I'm not, and I need to explain myself because some people are going to write me off thinking I'm a heretic before I even get started preaching. It's just like we just sit there and say, I'm just praying for God's will to be done. And God sits there and says, that's great that you believe in my will. And I believe, I'm so glad that you trust in my will. But the will of God for your life is to ask. Think about that for a minute. We're just sitting there saying, Lord, whatever you say. And God's saying, what I said is for you to ask. Is that, is that connecting with anybody right now? You know what I'm saying? It's like God's saying, I'm telling you what I want. You're sitting there, my will be done. And God said, I wrote you the Bible to give you the instructions for you to sit there and ask me. Ask me to do great things. So here, I, I want to challenge your prayers today. I, I'm going to push you. And I think if God said that he do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, I think it's time for our generation to say, I want to see it. And it might not come the way that you're thinking, so please hang with me as we go through this. Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount. If Jesus was God in the flesh, he comes, he sits on the side of the mountain, he opens his mouth, begins to teach them, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are them, blessed, he goes through this thing, get to chapter 7, he talks about just not lest you be judged, he gets to verse 7 and 8, and he begins to talk about prayer. And as he's talking about prayer, he is telling through Jesus what God wants us to know, what God wants us to do, how God wants us to live. And these are the words that he said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and unto him knocketh, it shall be open. Do you know what God wants for your life? Do you know what the desire is or the will of God is for your life? It's right here. It's part of it. The Bible lays it all as is. This is the will of God. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to follow. But what is the first word in verse 7? Yell it out. Ask! Literally says, ask. God is the Father saying, ask. I'm asking you to ask me and it shall be given. But I'm going to connect that to the promises and principles of everything that we've already said. It's not just ask, it's ask big. And I, I, I've put in my post and things like this. I am praying big. You say, why are you praying big? Because I serve a big God. And for us to sit there and be passive and sit there and just say, well, Lord, just help me to get by. I hate the thing that people say when they talk about how God's working in their life. It's just like, man, how's God working in your life? I'm getting by. Keeping my head above water. Like, yeah, that's, that's the life the world wants. It's like, how, the, how are you Christians living? Just getting by, just barely making it. It's like, yeah, now unto him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. And we're just getting by. Who wants that? No wonder the next generation comes by and they like, Dad, I don't want to just get by. I don't want to just survive. Man, God's promise is so much more. He's the creator of everything. He's the creator of the sun, moon, and stars in the universe. He created medicine. He created the universe. He created everything we hold on to. Don't tell me that he can't. He's the God of the impossible. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask. Matthew 7, 7, ask. It's there. He says it. There's, there's more here than just praying, thy will be done. And I'm not saying don't pray thy will be done because we surrender to the will of God. We trust in the will of God. We know that he has. But that does not eliminate Christians' obligation to ask. 
And if it was, all he would say is just pray my will be done. He would never instruct us to that, uh, to, to ask. The word ask means to beg, to call for, to crave, to desire, to require, to cry out. He never thought, man, could God be doing more in our generation than we ever thought? I think he could. Because James says it this way. He says, he says you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Let me explain to you the, the, the will of God and in, in the principle of asking and when God gives the, the instructions like this. So uh, for our kids' birthdays, uh, we love to um, take them out to do something big. We, we try to do like an activity, uh, like movies, top golf. We try to do putt-putt. Or we just, just fun stuff, whatever. Dave and Buster's do games and things like that. And then we take them to eat anywhere they want to go, and then we try to do like ice cream, we'll do, you know, just different, we just try to have it, and so Jenny, usually we'll, we'll budget, we'll save up for this, we'll collect gift cards, you know, we have all these resources and things, so my desire in my heart, just as a dad, it's exciting to be like, you know, what can we do, and Jenny says, we've got the money to do it, I just, we just need to know what they want to do, so I go to the kids, and you know, let's just say Jordan, uh, Logan, Morgan, what, what, what do you guys want for your birthdays, what, what do you guys want to do? I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's like, seriously, you don't understand. I'm going back to me and mom. We, we, we've saved up stuff. We've got, we've got gift cards, man. We've got, and, and in the back of my mind, I don't want them just to ask as, as a dad that loves his kids and, and a mom that loves their kids and us wanting to, to be involved in their life. It's exciting. It would be exciting for me if my kids were to be like, well, dad, it's, I thought of something, but it's kind of far away. And it's, I don't know, it's more than what we normally do. I would be, and Jenny would be excited. Now, my kids are listening. They're going to use this against me, I know. <laughs> it's like, Dad, I'll tell you. No, it was like, Jordan, wherever you're at, just tune this part out, okay? But, but the thing that I'm looking for is I want them to say, Dad, you know what I really want? I, I would really love to go to Cheesecake Factory. Because I would, I would love for, Dad, could we, could we do the top golf and could we do it late at night? Or could we do all these other things? I want my kids to ask because I want to be able to take the resources and the things that I saved and prepared for them as their father to please my kids. But I tell you what I don't want is my kids sitting there saying, I don't know, whatever, you know, Dad, whatever you want, I'm fine with it. It's like, and I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm glad my kids have that much confidence in me that they'd say whatever you want. But I'll tell you, the question that the heart of the father is to say, what can I do for you? How can I come through for you? How, how, what's on your heart that you can verbalize that dad can step in and show you something? To where you build confidence and know how much I love. Can I show you how much I love? I know my kids know that I love. I want to show this in their life. See, I'm just telling you, don't limit God. We pray big because we serve a big God. And remember the stories in the Bible that we love to tell and everything. It's like Jesus was walking on the water in the darkest part of the night, in the darkest part of the storm, in the middle of the sea. And, and Peter was on the boat and Jesus said, come out onto me. And Peter got out of the water and walked to Jesus. That is not the truth. That's not what happened. The Bible says that Jesus came walking on the water. When Peter noticed that it was God... He noticed that it was Jesus, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me to come out unto thee on the water. You know why Peter got to walk on water? Because he asked to walk on water. 
He asked for it. He thought, I see how big my God is, and I want to be part of something cool. If it be thou, let me walk on water. He was able to walk on water and experience the greatness of God because he asked big. So that's not asking, but that's asking big. Okay. How about the story of when Joshua was fighting the Amorites and they needed more daylight to be able to even fight? And Joshua turns to the God of heaven and he says, I know this is not normal and I know this is not typical and this is not something we see every day, but I'm praying to the God of heaven. Can you make the sun stand still to give me more time to fight? And God honored his request. And you sit there and say, why did God do that? Because God delights when we ask big. How, how, how about the story of Elijah going before the prophets of Baal? He goes before him, he had this burden on his heart that they might know that there's a God of Israel. And he bows his knees before them and he begins to ask that God brings down the fire upon it. Now I'm not saying that you can pray down fire from heaven today at lunchtime, okay? I'm just, it's not about barbecues and things that we're talking about having big events here. I'm, I'm talking about seeing God work and God move in ways that we're not expecting it. In every one of those circumstances, they could sit there and turn around and say, I've never seen this happen before, so we throw it out the window. I've never seen God work in this way. I, I tell you, in my situation, just making an application, you already know what I'm thinking, so I'm just going to say it. I don't care what they come back and say about my son's cancer. I believe that God is bigger than that. You say, it might not be the will of God. It might not be the will of God. But it is the will of God that I have that much faith that I ask him. And I have not because I ask not. And God desires for us to seek after him. That's, and, and the Bible says, and these things which are impossible with men are possible with God. See, they're true or it's not. I don't, want, I don't want to live a Christianity life of fairy tales and ideas and theories. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want that. He says, above what you ask or think. He says, I don't even know what you're thinking, but he says, or he doesn't know what you're thinking, but he's it's like, I can, I can surpass even that. Do you know what God's saying by that? Even, what, even with those bold prayers that we pray of, dear God, I, I lift this up, and God's saying, man, I can take it even further than that. But what he wants to do is he wants us to ask. Now, here's a couple of things that I've learned about asking big. And I'm taking this straight from the scriptures that we're reading here. Ask specific. Our, our prayers can be so vague. Have you ever wondered how we don't know if we've ever answered, saw God do big answered prayers? Because we don't pray specific. This is an easy thing to pray. We do this all the time. We're like, Lord, be with my kids and be with me and, and help us and do good. And, and they're just like, how would you ever know if any of that was answered? It's just, just random phrases. It's just things. It's, it's, there's no specific thing to answer. It's just be with or, or, or be good to us and help us to have a good day. And, and I'm, I'm not belittling those things, but I'm saying in this passage right here, when we get into this, he, he, and even in Jeremiah 33, 3, he's calling to me and I will answer thee. There's a request and there's a reply. That's what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 7, 9. He says, or what manner, it's the same passage, next verse. He says, or what manner there, there of you? Whom his son asked bread. Ask for what? Bread. What do you want, son? Bread. What are you asking God for? Bread. Dad, I want bread. Bread. Will he give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. He's talking about just having evil nature, sinful nature. 
how much more shall your Father which is heaven giving good things unto them that what? Ask him. Could we miss out on answered prayer? Could we be missing out on answered prayer because we don't ask God? We're not specific in our prayers. And I, I started thinking about the different things that I'm praying for specifically. And I'm sharing those specifically because I want, I want to see God answers. I want to be able to say, yes, God did this. God answered my prayer. God, and and I, I think it, it needs to be something that's beyond what we ask or think. It, it needs to be to where we even trust God for the big things like stepping out of the boat or watching the firefall or the crazy things like that that we think is beyond God. Ask and it shall be given to you. There's a response. Now I'm going to just lay this out there because I know what a lot of you are thinking. It says, well, God also has stipulation that it has to line up with his will. Can I just say that is true? If you sit there and say, man, if I can pray big and whatever, and, I'm, I'm, and if I ask it and just name it and claim it, I, 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 I declare that in Jesus' name, and it's not something according to the will of God. Let me illustrate it like this. You just can't stand your neighbor because his dog comes and does his business in your yard all the time. You just say, dear God, burn his house down. You know, it's like... He drives me crazy and I'm just irritated with him or make his dog die or, you know, just, you sit there and the, the Bible is very clear for it is God which worketh in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Okay, so I don't want you misinterpreting walking out of this, man, I've got this powerful thing. If I ask anything in Jesus' name, he does. He, he also says in James 4, 3, he says, ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you might consume it upon your lust." It's nothing to do with the will of God. It's nothing to do with the furtherance of the gospel, the health of your family, or the health of the ministry, or the furtherance of your marriage, the restoration of Christians, and all these things that God came to do within his life, that you're doing things like, Lord, I declare that you're going to make me a millionaire by tomorrow night. Maybe it's God's will to make you a millionaire, but most of us couldn't handle that even if we got it. Ask big, ask specific, ask believing. The question is, do you believe that can do, God can do great things? I've been reading through the Gospels and reading different things, and I came across this verse. There are cities that they, Jesus went to that he didn't do great mighty things. And you say, what? You no, know, there's cities that he went to that he didn't do great mighty things. Matthew 13, 58, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They didn't believe it. I, I, have you ever thought that there's things that we struggle with in our generation because we have so much unbelief? I think of the story of when Jesus healed the centurion's uh, servant. And he runs up to Jesus, and he, and he pleads in front of him, and he, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, he just said, Lord, I believe that you can do this, and I'm just asking to speak the word. And, and, and God was showing his power, because God came and was, God had enemies that he had. It was, it was the sin of this world and sickness. And he sat, came to set the captives free. It was part of the mission of what God did. But he doesn't say that Jesus just healed him. He did something else first. In verse 10, and when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Have any of you ever looked up what it means for Jesus to marvel? It literally means to stand in awe, to admire. It means to respond to something as being miraculous or exciting. So literally, as the centurion did this, Jesus responds in that way. And he says, whoa, whoa, yes, 
That, that this is what I want. You can imagine as Jesus is saying this, and I don't know what he did outwardly to express the marvel, but I can tell you this, that as God was sitting there saying, this is what I want from you. This is what I'm looking for. And Jesus marveled at it. He was, he, he was excited that this man had that much faith in God. And he said unto them that follow, verily, verily, I said to you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not, not in all Israel. Talks about praying with confidence. And I believe that this is so important for us to do as Christians, to ask God, God, Lord, I, I know my marriage is so far lost, but I believe that you can do it. Lord, I know that I'm struggling in this area. Lord, I know I've had addiction for 30, 40 years. Lord, I know, I know, I know, I know that I have something that is terrible or over the top, but God, I believe that you can do great things. And I'll tell you, even, even in a crowd like this, I guarantee you I'm saying things like that, and some people are like, oh, my goodness. He's all emotional because his kid's sick. And, you know, just, and I'm thinking maybe that's that apathetic attitude that we're, that's hindering us from seeing the outpouring of God doing great things. This is either true or it's not. And if it's not, then let's just go home. But I'm preaching before you because I know that there's a creator that gave us his word of God that says if they would just believe. They would just hear it and not just go, oh, that's not what that means, and blowing things off and be passive with it. Then all of a sudden we're sitting there saying, I don't know why we're not experiencing revival or the things of God. But he doesn't even start or stop there. This is only one part of this. is ask big, ask specific, ask believing. <clears throat> but he puts it in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. God's desire is for us to seek him. And I'm not going to just put it there, but seek him passionately. Seeking is asking with action. This is all through the Bible. These are different, okay? When he says, ask and it shall be given, seek, you shall find, knock and it shall be open. They're different things that he's asking us to do. But I think maybe, do we, do we get just to one of them and we're passive with it? We don't ask for God to do more than that or go past beyond just the asking part of it? Have you ever thought what it means to seek after God? Because the Bible is filled with this. The, the message that today is titled that, that, that was on my heart and mind when I was doing this. What does it mean to seek God? What does it mean to seek God? And all through the Bible it says, seek my face. And we, we sing in the song of the blessing, and it says, may his face shine upon us. And that's from the book of Psalms. May his face his face shine upon us. And then the other passage, he says, seek my face. The Bible says, seek me and you shall find me. Seek, seek, seek. And there's something that's going to happen. It is not just existing. God has more for us than that. There's so much more, but I'm promising you, seeking is an action. If it's an action, then it means that there has to be motion. There has to be a move. There has to be faith. There has to be getting out of the boat, bowing before the altar. There, there has to be standing at the Red Sea. There's got to be action in our life that leads to the outpouring in the work of God. That means that in order to see anything that we're talking about, it cannot happen by us doing nothing. Seeking is a pursuit. I want God to work in my life. I want to see God answer. I want to see God show up in these things. When we see Ephesians 3.20 and say, now unto him that is able. Wait a minute, you're able. What, what, what do you mean you're able? What do you mean he's able? Able to do what? Able to do what? Able to do exceedingly abundantly above all is. Okay, if you said that, I want it. 
If you're saying it, and I am a child of God, and you said that you're capable of doing exceedingly abundantly above what we ask, here we go, I'm asking right now, because you said it. But it might not be what you think. It's where Jesus was starting the Sermon on the Mount. And he's, he's, he's telling them before he gets into chapter 7 of Ask, Seek, Knock, he ends chapter 6 with verse 33, 34, and he says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, all of a sudden, we're just like, oh, oh what, what? yeah. God says, you don't understand. The outpouring of the Spirit of God comes where in a place that the Spirit of God can work. A touch of God. When, when Moses was walking before the, the, the burning bush and he says, take off your shoes because the place that you're walking is holy ground. He wanted him to recognize that in order to walk into the presence of God, you have to acknowledge that he is a holy, righteous God. Now, I'll be honest. This is where a lot of our generation will step back and go, oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. When God says, seek righteousness. Could there be a wall between us and our answered prayers? Could be, there be a wall between us and the blessings? Could it be that we don't see more answered prayer or a touch of God or revival or restored or broken bondage or whatever because of the fact is that we're not willing to be like David. David sought God with his whole heart. Did you notice a lot of times when the Bible talks about seek him with your whole heart? Meaning the whole thing is there can't be spots in your life that sit there and say, God, you can have my kids and I want revival and I want healing and I want this. But that hidden sin that I have in my life, God, I don't even want you knowing about it. I'm not giving up that addiction. I'm not giving up that problem. I'm not going to lay it at the altar. I'm not going to talk about it. But the reason that he says, seek me with your whole heart is because God needs all of you. If he's going to fill all of you, you say, I want a filling of the spirit of God. I want an outpouring of the spirit of God. Then you have to be emptied and spilled out before God. The Bible says, and we talk about healing. Let me just throw this. We talk about why doesn't God do more healing? Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. And we're like, woohoo, yes. That's what we're claiming. That's what we're wanting. The effectual fervent prayer of what? A righteous man. Availeth much. I'm so glad it doesn't say perfect man. Can, I, can you say amen right there? I'm so glad it doesn't say perfect man. But a righteous man. The one that's on that path of God, I'm, I, I fall short and I'm struggling. God, I mess up and I struggle with my brain. I struggle with my thoughts. I struggle with my actions. The Lord, I struggle. And God can work in your struggle. God loves it when you're sitting there and you say, oh, I don't want it anymore. And you, you, you kneel at the altar and you go before God and you confess your sins and you bear each other's burdens. How about this? Second Chronicles seven fourteen. we love this verse. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'm going to heal your land. Did I skip anything? And turn from your wicked ways. What's the next word? Then. 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 We're sitting there saying, Lord, heal our land. And God's saying, are you not listening? And by the way, we're sitting there, I'm just praying for the will of God. God says, all right, I'll tell you the will of God. I want you to humble yourself, turn from your wicked ways, and seek my face. You, you, you talk about praying for the will of God. God's saying, why don't you start doing the will of God? Why don't you start doing what I'm asking you to do? And that's what he's laying out in this. I will go back to the seek my face part, and I will explain that towards the end. 
But I tell you, what God desires from us is the righteousness. The thing that I've learned through this is to seek Him in His Word. A lot of you have heard uh, this past week that we had before we left this last round at the hospital. I don't know what to call it. Um, we went in for chemo. Monday, Monday was good. Tuesday, we got up. Logan was sitting there and it, things were okay. And then Logan <clears throat> literally was like, like, Dad, I was like, man, my chest is like, my heart's like racing like crazy. And I said, really? I said, that's weird. So I wonder why. And uh, so the, the, the nurse came into his room and I said, I don't even know if this is a big deal, but he said his, his heart, he could like feel it racing. And they're like, oh, that's weird. And they said, I don't know what we cause that, but let's look at it for a minute. So they put him on the thing, and his heart rate was like pegging 200 And while he was laying in bed. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, it taps the thing. It's like, hey, can I get so-and-so in here to look at something with me? And they come in, and before long, <clears throat> we have 14 people in that room. And they're calling for ICU. They're calling for cardio. They're call- I mean, just... And our, our stress level is like, woo, you know, just like. And then they came in and they attached them to a crash cart. Now, I mean, I, 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 they, they, they were like, oh, it's fine, it's fine like this. And then we ended up being released from there. We go down to the cardio ICU. They attach him to all these things. They come in and they literally take it and shock his heart twice. Just all, I mean, we're just like, anyway, I won't go in there. It was, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. And then we, we're staying in the cardio ICU. And while we're down inside of there, um, they're putting him on this medication that's messing with his heart rate. It's messing with his, his blood pressure, whatever. I, I get up and I'm leaning forward. I'm trying to sleep. I know we have a long day the next day. And I look up at the monitor. His blood pressure was literally 63 over 30. And if anybody knows about it, the nurse was like, I promise you it's okay. We're watching this. You have all these eyes on this or whatever. She said, you probably should just go to sleep. And I'm like, are you crazy? just go to sleep. And I, I'm sitting there and, and I, I, I grab my Bible and I begin to look there. And, I, and I'm not just reading, okay? Let me show you something that, that God showed me. We, we like, read your Bible, read your Bible. I, I, I was seeking God. I was literally saying, I need something to happen here and I cannot sleep or change until you show me something. And I, I, and I get this concept because there's a difference between reading something and, and, and truly seeking after something. And when me and Jenny were dating, and I've told you guys many times that she would write me letters, uh, we, we would write letters almost every single night that we, while we were dating through college. And while we were doing that, it was, it was fun to see the progression of the, the, uh, the, the romance, okay? It's like, uh, so she would go from talking about at the end of that, she would put a heart. And I mean, if you're dating and you're just kind of friends at the time, a heart's kind of a big deal. You know what I'm like? I'm just looking at that. I'm like asking my friends, I'm like, you guys think that that heart means something? I'm like, oh, it means love. That's what I know it means. I'm like, dude, I think she loves me. And so, and then she would change it from love, Jenny, to I uh, or love you, Jenny. And I'm thinking that's a little more intense. It is because we're very protective of how we say the words, I love you, because I love you is really strong. That's why guys say, love you, bro. You you know what I'm talking about. Because if I just said, I love you, that's weird. But if I can say, love you, bro, that that downplays it a little. I don't know. But there's something strong in that language of that. And I remember Jenny changing that. But I'm paying attention to every single word. The thing is, when you're reading your Bible and you're seeking out for God, I want to know who you are. 
And I want to know your names. And when you say you're Jehovah Rapha and I've been hanging on that, I'm the God that heals. I am the God that provides. I am the God that shows up. I am the God that does the impossible. I am the God that saves. And I find him in there. I'm not just going to find it. I want it. I want it. And God's just saying, I, I, I know what you know of me, but I'm wanting to know if you'll come after me. Over and over with the disciples, he said, if any man will come after me, come after me, come after me. And I read verses as I was going through the time, sitting in the ICU, I was going through Psalms and reading verses, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your hearts, all ye that hope in the Lord. The Bible says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. I, I needed the calm of God in those moments and I promise you, I discovered in those that I was able to fall asleep knowing that God was saying, I've got this got this. Claim those moments. The names of God. What I'm finding in this, I'm seeking him. Telling if we want to seek God, if we want to seek God, it's seeking God in righteousness where people come and say, man, I need a work of God in my my family. God says, then you need to, I need a work of God at the altar then. Seek him in righteousness. Make it right. Be like David, who was a man after God's own heart, where David cried out to God, search me, O God. Search me. Seek him in his word. There's something else that I've learned, and I'm just throwing this out there because this is something that got in there. Seek him in worship. The the, the word uh, to seek literally means to worship. The first words in that phrase of the definition of that word literally means to worship. And a lot of times we come in and we repeat words. We repeat words. We stand and sit there and say, we're we're more paid attention to who's on the stage or what's going on than we were to who we are singing to. You guys know when we sing on Sunday or you sing in your car, we're not just randomly repeating words that are on a screen. We are declaring something to our Heavenly Father as praise and worship. Who are you praising? Who are you worshiping? It's God. I was having a rough day just thinking about this very principle and I started thinking, God, if, if, if I'm praying for my son to be healed and it's not the, the will of God, and, and I'm just like, Oh, man, it's just, and, and, and God began to teach me these verses, and that's why I'm preaching to you now. And, did this. and as, I, as I was doing this, I came across the song, The Blessing, came to my mind. And I got up and I sat, I was sitting with my Bible, I was sitting with my notes, and I'm doing all that, and I put in my earbuds, and I sat on this chair, and I played The Blessing, and I just sat there. You, you know what worship does? It puts our focus and our attention on that. And I know some of these words are repeated a lot in this song. But can I tell you that God spoke to me in that moment and said, now you know why you need to hear this over and over again. Here's the words that I, I, I stuck with. He is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, and you're coming, and you're going, and you're weeping and rejoicing. He is with you. He is with you. He is, he is for you. 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 And I'm telling you, I'm sitting there, and it was like, as much as Satan was beating that negativity into my mind, I needed the Spirit of God to put it in there and say, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. And sometimes we need to, as Christians, as Baptists, as people, get, get caught up in what God's trying to say to our heads and not the mechanics of what we're doing and allow the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts and minds. To know him. 
But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's an action. It's a pursuit. But let me close with this. There is the ask. There is the seek. But then when you come to the knock. And that was the weird one for me. I'm like, okay, God, what, what are you teaching? When you, when you sat on that hill that day and you declared what you want to do about the ask, seek, and knock of this, and he says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. The knock literally is talking about desiring more. See, I didn't fully understand this until I looked up the Greek word. Uh, the Greek word literally means to knock. No joke. All the other things you get in and it has all these subcontexts and this and the, 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 the root words and all these other things. And I'm, I get caught up in that and linking it to other words and I'm breaking it down. <clears throat> but the word knock in this passage literally just means this. It means to knock. But that's not the whole part of it. It says knock and it shall be open to you. So you start taking in context of what God's saying. God's saying there, there's a wall there. There, there's something that we're coming up against. There's something that we're facing in our life. And it's, it's something that God's saying that, 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 that a door brings or introduces you or, or draws an opening for you to step into a place that you've not yet been. It's going from a transition of this is where I'm at and you're knocking for more. You're knocking for greater. And it might be Peter asking God, saying, let me on and walk on the water. It might, it might have been Joshua having the sun stand still. It might have been Elijah praying down the fire from heaven. But this is what I know, that God has a way when we ask the Father that he introduces us to more, to different, to a new chapter, a new place, a new experience. And you're sitting there on the outside and people are sitting there saying, well, that's just not what God does and that can't happen and I've never seen that before. Maybe the answer's on the other side of the door and you're just not there yet. You're not there yet. Because there's a reason that God didn't say just ask. There's a reason he didn't just say knock. There's a reason that he said to seek and the combination of all those is you get it in your mind that God desires more and you begin to pursue God and you stand at that door and you say, God, I'm here because I know you're a great God. You do great things and I just want to be part of it. I want to see what's on the other side of the door. I want to be part of whatever's on the side of the door. I want that new chapter. I want that new phrase. I, I, I want that new experience. I want it. I didn't fully get this. Seek God's face. Seek his face. Seek my face. And I'll hear it from heaven. Heal your land. Turn from your wicked ways. All these. It's like, man, what does it mean to seek the face of God? Let me explain it like this. Through COVID, we had a it was, it was awful. Still is awful. A lot of separation and distance and things like that. And there was people that you wanted to see. And some of you didn't go home for Christmas. You didn't have outings. You didn't have picnics. You didn't have reunions. You didn't have anything. You guys know what I'm talking about? So what we do, we started sending pictures. Hey, mom, just wanted you to see the kids opening the gifts this year. And this is what his birthday party was like. And then we had Zoom and we, we, we had FaceTime and all this other stuff. Is, is that as good as the real thing? Could, would anybody say that's as good as the real thing? You know what? In our minds, what we were saying is, I just want to see your face. The word face in the Bible 
is the same word as the presence of God. See, for so long, it's kind of us like us going through COVID. There's been all these things that have happened and we, we would go back and we get the snapshots of what God has done. Stories, backgrounds. Daniel went through the lion's den. Oh, kids, Daniel went through the lion's den. We serve a great God. Oh, that's really cool. Man, God did great things back in the generations of whoever. And God did great things when Billy Graham and God did great things through D.L. Moody. And God, you know, it's all this and we're sitting there. You know, you know what it is? It's, it's passed on. It's, it's the Zoom. It's the picture. It's the story. It's the blog. It's the article. It's that. Do you know what God is waiting for a generation to want to heal their land? Do you know what God was saying? If he was saying, he's saying that I'm waiting for a generation that will literally pee. I want to see you. I don't want just a story. I don't want just a background. I don't want just to pass it down from grandma. I don't want that. But when God's people say, I want you right here for God to show up and to show up big in your situation, that is seeking the face of God. That is when God's people say, I want that so bad. It's not just going through the motions and it's not just existing and it's not just showing up on Sundays and it's no more passive prayers of just Lord be with this and, and make it happen. It's, it's seeking the face of God. And you guys say, man, I know why you're like this because you're seeking God's face in this. Yes, absolutely. But more than anything, I just want to be able to stand up and say that my God showed up. My God is real and he loves me and shows up in my circumstance just like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm here to tell you that God wants that for all of us. He's just waiting, waiting to do it he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think but I'll ask this straight up are you asking and I'm saying asking big no more sissy prayers no more passive Christianity I I want my kids to be able to say I wasn't there when the fire fell with Elijah but I was there at fellowship Baptist churches God brought revival But if we sit there saying that God doesn't do that anymore, that means we're not knocking. That means we've lost confidence. We're not running to God like the centurion saying, if you just say the words, you just say the words, I believe that because he is the same God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is the same God.